you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Welcome back, listeners, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Now, those who follow us regularly will know of Jamie Oikel of RunningRestaurants.com. Jamie's a good friend and fellow restaurant professional, and he and I often get together to share our thoughts on service, restaurant marketing, and the business in general. Today's episode is all about pet peeves, what your customer sees, feels, and experiences in your restaurant, and what turns them off. Service is paramount, and delivering memorable and unique dining experiences is what brings your customers back again and again, and that all-important word-of-mouth marketing. Are your customers singing your praises and telling everyone they know about your place? Take a listen to Jamie and I share our insights into 17, that's right, 17 easily overlooked negative impressions. Don't let this happen to your customers in your restaurant. Hey everyone, it's Jamie Oichel from RunningRestaurants.com, along with my man Rock and Roger Bodwin from RestaurantRockstars.com. What's going on, Roger? Hey, Jamie, I'm well. How are you? What's happening, man? I'm doing really, really good, and I am really interested in today's call because I think it's going to bring out a lot of kind of quirky, interesting stuff. Because we're going to talk all about pet peeves, and man, the list you send me is is a killer. Uh, we're we're going to cover 17 of Roger's pet peeves about restaurants, and you're going to want to grade yourself if you're a restaurant, see if you pass the test. And uh, I just want to give a quick intro on Roger. He's absolutely the right guy for this call, perfect guest for the call, longtime restaurant operator with over 20 years of experience in the biz. Uh, he's now a restaurant coach and consultant and trainer and speaker and author, sharing all of his hard-earned wisdom with others in the business, along, along with his book called Rock Your Restaurant. Roger has created a restaurant customer service program called Sales Stars, as well as the Soup to Nuts program for how to run a profitable restaurant called the Restaurant Academy. So when it comes to talking all about restaurant operations, Roger is absolutely the guy. Roger, you ready for this? Absolutely. Let's rock it. Awesome. So we are going to walk through the process of the, the customer experiences when they visit your restaurant, and Roger's going to lay some pet peeves on you, starting with number one. The curb appeal. Uh, this is this this is this one gets me too, Raj. What do you got? Well, you know, it all begins by you know visiting your competition, and and it's it's just interesting how you can get a critical eye when you dine out in other restaurants, and then being a customer in your own restaurant and seeing what the customer sees, feels, and experiences is super important to giving them the best experience. But it all really starts with curb appeal, and curb appeal can be literally a car driving by your restaurant, and what does it look like? Are there lights burned out? You know, does it look like it's got a fresh coat of paint, or does it look like it's kind of run down and sloppy? Is there graffiti on the fence next to the parking lot? Like, all these are details that determine whether or not a customer will come into your restaurant. It starts there. And then when they actually pull into the parking lot and get out of the car, I mean, are there cigarette butts and beer cans, you know, outside the front entrance? That sort of thing. You walk in the door, are there posters that are out of date? Again, the lights burned out. All these things are, are going through the guest's mind as they're walking into your property, if they even stop at your property, based on what the restaurant looks like from the outside. Critically important start, whether you get their business or not. 
Yeah, I like that. And the phrase that I like there says, you said, be a customer in your own restaurant. I remember reading a piece somewhere that talks about a restaurant owner who like will literally go and sit in every seat in the restaurant and look at the vantage point from there. Is the artwork yes. off? Is the dust? Is If you lean back on the windowsill, things like that. Well, you absolutely have to do that. So moving on to number two, uh, you walk in and you said, no host at the podium when a guest walks in. What do you got? Well, you're standing there, right? And sometimes it's minutes. And in those instances, minutes literally feel like hours. And you're wondering, does this restaurant even care if I'm here? And it's happened to me several times where I've actually left after three or four minutes when no one is there to greet me. And I'm like, is, this is the start of my experience. Do I really want to stay here and see what's going to happen next? It's like, and that's why I always made sure that we had multiple hosts on and that one was always glued to that podium because let's face it, a host is sort of an air traffic controller in the restaurant. They have lots of different tasks. They're seating guests, dropping menus, maybe handling takeout orders and assembling that. So if you've got a busy place, or even if you don't, it's a great idea to have more than one person so that someone is always there with a smile, ready to greet your customer. Super important first impression in any restaurant. It's funny that you say that. Yeah, that feeling of, of walking in and looking around for a minute turning your head and feeling like no one's paying attention and no one cares. And, yeah, we, we, we've walked out of places as well because you, you have that feeling. All right, sticking with the host, number three, um, let's now on the, on the other corollary is sometimes when they're very busy and they'll take your name, how many in your party, and they'll give you a wait time. But it's, but it's wildly inaccurate. What do you think? Well, you know, here's where spin is really important. And I don't want to give you the wrong impression by that word. But if it is a long, it, let's just say it's a busy Saturday night and you've got an hour-long wait, your, your job as a host is to basically convince the customer that it's just as much fun waiting for a table as it is actually getting seated. And that's where you provide lots of interesting things to do. Um, hopefully you've got a bar where you can, you know, give people drinks or there's other things that are going on in the restaurant where it's a social sort of hangout atmosphere. But the whole point is not to say, oh, it's a half an hour wait when it's really an hour because nothing frustrates the guests more than that. Your job as a host is to under-promise and over-deliver and to be as accurate as possible with wait time. You know, in the beginning when I was starting my restaurant, before the technology of, you know, those coasters that sort of vibrate that you give people, we used to have these chalkboards. And I can't believe we did this, but we had a chalkboard and when it was time to see the guest that's been waiting a while, we used to write their name on it, and we would walk around the place with a chalkboard in the air. It was a little quirky. People didn't mind that. They thought it was kind of fun. But now, obviously, technology, you give customers a, a beeper. They can even, like, you know, go down the street to wherever, you know, some other place, and there's a range on these things, and uh, they can be called. So it's not really a big deal anymore, but being accurate with the wait time is super critical because nothing gives a customer a, wor a worse taste in their mouth is when you over-promise and under-deliver. You want to do just the opposite. Yeah, I agree. And the tech is definitely helping in that area with the with the cell phone notifications and whatnot. But when when we dine out and we're with the family and they say 20 minutes, and but 20 turns into 35, those, those last 15 minutes are a killer. Um, and, and so I'm sure people can echo that and it doesn't start the experience very good. All right, number four, the music uh, is too loud, the lighting is too dim, these sort of things get you. What, what do you think? Well, when you've got lots and lots of employees and they all have access to your sound controls or your light switches and all that kind of stuff, you know, that's a real problem because sometimes the sound levels go up and sometimes they go down and sometimes, you know, the lights go up or they go down based on customer requests. And there should be, 
You know, I love this term sweet spot. I use it a lot, as you know. There is a sweet spot when a restaurant has a certain level of customers in it, and you mark the controller. This is the exact place where the sound needs to be, where it's comfortable for everyone. And that's another thing about being a customer in your restaurant. You sit down and you just gauge, you know, where the music isn't too loud and it isn't too, you know, slight, and the same with the lights. Because it's really frustrating when you go in and you feel like you're getting blasted out of the place. You don't appreciate the music. And that's another thing, you know, you need to play to your crowd or what your theme of your restaurant is. If you're a sports bar, you know, you're not going to be playing, you know, cafe bistro, bistro music. It's just common sense. And then the light levels are frustrating because, you know, sometimes menu print is really, really small. And if you've got an intimate restaurant where someone needs a flashlight to read the menu, that's a problem too. So you have to address all these things. Yeah, I like I like the term sweet spot there because there is a range that it's good, especially in the lighting. And, yeah, you know, one I would add to that because it happens – uh, to us sometimes, it's just the temperature, right? Also, it's, it's, sometimes it's just freezing cold in a certain seat or a location. And, uh, mm-hmm. or it's right on something else to keep in mind along the same line. So, so number five, um, server, so you, now you're sitting, you know, you're, you're there, um, servers not greeting new customers by name or that introduction process. What, what do you think can, can, can go wrong there? And what would you say is the way to, to make sure it goes right? Well, this one bothers me just as much as no host at the podium because it's happened time and time again where let's just say you are greeted at the podium by a host and they seat you immediately and now you're sitting at a table and you're sitting there, you know, for like minutes and minutes and minutes. Sometimes it can be five to eight minutes because let's face it, a server has to multitask and there's so many things that he or she needs to do. And if you're sitting there and you're watching servers pass you by, on the left and on the right, you're not even sure who your server is. Nobody's making eye contact with you. You don't feel as though you're recognized or acknowledged. It's a real problem. So I had an absolute standing rule that was a no-break rule. And, you know, we can get into the nuances of, of the, I, you know, we used to call it um, the circle of service because you've got to multitask and you've got to accomplish everything in your section as efficiently as possible. But the number one no-break rule was You've got three minutes in order to greet your new table, and you don't have to stand there and have a conversation. All you have to do is approach a new table and say, hi, my name is Mary or Sally. I'm happy to serve you tonight. I'll be right back, you know, to tell you everything that's great about this restaurant. And you just have to make eye contact, and you can keep on moving, and then the guests can settle in and feel comfortable knowing that they can look at the menu and that someone knows that they're there and that they're appreciated. That is so important. So that's the key point. It doesn't take more than two seconds to do that. Make eye contact. Introduce yourself by name because that creates a personal relationship between you and the customer as if the customer is an old friend that is super important and then just move on and do the next thing that you have to do and then come back when you have some time. That buys you time in any situation. Super important. Yeah, you hit everything I'd want to hit there, though. But I've also echoed that feeling of being at the table, waiting, feeling like no one has your table. Oh man, they made a mistake. They put us at the wrong table. No one's assigned here. You do that walk up to the host station. Hey, just checking that someone's actually assigned to our table. You feel like a, you feel like a, you feel like a doofus for doing that. And then of course they say, yeah, someone will be with you in a, in a few minutes. And and so yeah, you you don't want the customer to feel that experience. Same sort of um, take at the bar. So you know the the bar is busy. You know it's maybe you're you're the second guy back there. You're starting to raise your hand. Bartenders ignoring you doing their things. Yes. What have you seen there? Well, you know, that happens so often also because whenever, more times than not, 
you're going to see a you're going to see bartenders that are only making eye contact with the customer they're serving, and it could be five or ten deep at the bar, and all these people are just like waiting and waiting and waiting, and it's super frustrating. Especially, you know, even if there are two or three bartenders on, there are times if you've got a busy bar that you're just, you know, you've got a crowd, right? So don't don't keep your head down if you're a bartender. Keep your eyes open and acknowledge every customer. Smile at them if you have to while you're, wake, you know, making their drink. Say, folks, I'll be right with you. I see everyone's here. I can't wait to make your drink. You know, talk to the crowd as you're making drinks. Engage the customer. It's super important. Don't keep your head down while you're mixing a drink, just serving the customer in front of you. I like that. I can imagine a, a bartender doing that, you know, engaging the crowd and right. talking because everybody wants to know, hey, yeah, I'm coming up next. I know you, you, you know, I know that you know I'm here. And uh, I think exactly. But um, make make sure they're there. And and now I'm going to get to number seven, which is absolutely might be probably your least. Your 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 biggest pet peeve here, or one of them for sure, is the, an untrained front of house staff that just doesn't know anything about the menu. Well, again, it's absolutely critical, and in my restaurants, it was absolutely mandatory. Several things come to mind here. So, product knowledge is job one. Whenever you hire a new server, it is absolutely their mission to learn that menu inside out, upside down, and backwards, right down to the flavor profiles of every dish. And I always used to create, you know, notes for them to make it super turnkey and easy that, that, so that they could easily absorb this information. But before I let anyone hit the floor with their own tables, they shadowed a veteran sales star on the floor for at least two, if not three shifts and watched a pro in action, a sales star engage the customer, tell them what's great about the restaurant give choices and benefits on all their favorites, bring the food and drinks to life. I mean, that was, you know, restaurant business is show business. For me, it was a theatrical performance. Every server, every host, every busser was an actor on stage, you know, bringing the show to life for the customer. And I never turned anybody loose until they shadowed and that they knew the menus inside and out. Because nobody likes to ask a question and to hear, I don't know, let me get you an answer. And then you got to walk off and ask the manager. It wastes everyone's time and it's just super frustrating. It's a poor reflection on the restaurant. So product knowledge is job one. Yeah, for folks that are listening to Roger for the fir- for the first time, uh, he's absolutely fanatical about uh, servers, you know, doing a great job. Everything from you know the greeting to the upsell to to knowing the menu. And so yeah, this is something he could talk about for an hour and a half, nonstop, uh, constant, con- you know, constant, just giving you tips. So um, uh, good stuff there. Yeah, absolutely, they 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 should be. And uh, but if we slide off to number eight here, so this this I I hate this one. So the servers or the or the expediters that are bringing their food, just auctioning off the food. They come to the table and they got three things in their hand. Who had the chicken? Who has the pizza? You know, just, exactly. it's just it's just no, it's yeah. just no good. It's unprofessional. It just shouldn't happen. You know, it's all part of. You know, we used to talk about choreographed service because a, a front of house training program isn't just for the servers. It's for the entire front of house team where your bus staff, your host staff, and your wait staff are all communicating with each other. It's teamwork, it's respect, and it's choreography so that everybody knows how to give the best possible experience to every table all the time. And so nobody auctions off the food. Everybody knows exactly which plate goes where. And, yeah, I mean, that just shows how professional the restaurant is. Even if things are crazy, busy, chaotic behind the scenes, 
Never let the customer see you sweat. Never let them think that you don't have every detail dialed. Don't auction off the food. Well, that leads kind of perfectly into into your number nine one here, where you talk about the servers being in the weeds, and it happens, right? You that that they get busy, and so all of a sudden there's been a long wait for the for the for the customer. How do you how do you avoid that? How do you deal with that? What do you think? Well, again, that's where the teamwork comes in because you know I mentioned earlier that the server should you know introduce themselves by name first to the customer, and even the host should do that. Everyone should introduce themselves by name, not just the wait staff. But, you know, if you've got three minutes to greet that table, I, I mentioned earlier that you can buy yourself time to move on to the next thing. So the circle of service is really all about the greeting, moving on to the next table, and then anticipating needs. If you've got a section of four or five customers, you know, in at different tables, and you're in charge of all of them, it's your job as well as the busser's job to communicate and the host. I mean, it's all about communication and letting somebody know, oh, table two needs another basket of bread. Um, table three looks like they're low on drinks and they need a refill. And no matter who is at that table, the communication states that, you know, no one was too important to approach the table, and it wasn't just the server's job to make a recommendation or to ask, can I get you another bottle of wine? Would you like a new basket of bread? And we used to have this mantra in our restaurant, no matter who you were, if you were a front-of-house staffer, I don't care, if you are a host, a busser, or a server, I don't care whose section it was, the mantra was every table is your table. So if you notice something where a guest needs something or they drop a fork on the floor or somebody spills something, it's everybody's job. Whoever sees it, you're on it. No section, you know, assigned in the, when that happens. So, you know, that's really what it's all about. But in the weeds, if you follow these practices and use your teammates to back you up, it avoids being in the weeds. And, you know, salesmanship was super important in our restaurant. And when, when a server is in the weeds, they're just surviving, but they don't have time to tell the customer what's great. They don't have time to make suggestions that they know the customer will enjoy. And that just costs your restaurant money. Because let's face it, you get a sales team out there. They're not just serving food and drink. They're selling product to your customer. And they can either maximize your opportunities or leave lots of dollars on the table. So the training is so critically important to keeping everybody out of the weeds. Absolutely. A couple things I like there. So every table is your table. I, I love that because I really do like when I'm eating in a restaurant and someone who's not my regular server notices something and then jumps right in right, right in to help. It's it's perfect, and that's the way, the way it should be. All right, so we've been walking through the whole experience from walking in to, to getting seated and greeted and the server takes our order. But now the food gets here. Number 10 is the menu items arrive. They're cold. They're not cooked to the proper temperature. Oh, this is this one gets you. Well, that's just it. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's where that whole circle of service comes in again because if a server's in the weeds, she's not necessarily in tune to the food when it comes up hot off the line, you know. And, and let's just face it, if you've got a busy line, maybe a heat lamp is burned out and it's sitting there and it's sitting there and it's not keeping warm. There are certain foods that will actually get overcooked if they're left under the heat lamp too long. So if a steak was ordered medium rare, suddenly it turns into medium or medium well if it's been sitting for a couple more minutes longer than it should have been immediately picked up. So, you know, these are all pet peeves for the customer. Every single dish needs to be served to the customer as they ordered it with a presentation that I call wow factors, so that when you put that plate down in front of the customer, whether it's an appetizer, whether it's an entree or a dessert, everything looks like 
Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's unbelievable. I need to get my camera out and take a picture of that. And then when they dive into it, it needs to be cooked as they ordered it to perfection. And that's really, really one of the biggest challenges in the restaurant business. But we, and we overemphasize that to the entire team, how important it is to deliver the food on time when it's ready and hot. And that's where the team comes in. And we didn't, you know, it wasn't just up to the servers to deliver the food or the expediters. Anyone could deliver the food. If there was a table, you know, as long as you're delivering everyone's food on time, and that, that goes without saying, you don't drop a burger and then someone else waits three or five minutes for their pasta. It's like everything has to come to the table at the same time when it's ready, when it's hot, and cooked perfectly to order. And that is one of the biggest challenges in this business. But it's absolutely essential to the customer's experience. Yeah, I'll just echo that. It's a, yeah, it's a big challenge, but it's, it's a, such, from the consumer side, it's such an important, important thing. To, you're excited to get your food. You've been waiting, you've been waiting, and then you, your first bite is like, what the hell, what the heck's going on here? How could this happen? You know, we've been waiting, and now, and now you got to send it back and have another conversation and so forth. So yeah, very, that can be a very frustrating point. You, uh, we'll, we'll kind of skip number 11 because you, you touched on it, so we don't need to revisit it. You talked about poor, sloppy food presentation, and you, and you kind of hit that when you talked about the presentation. Absolutely, it should, it should come out with wow factor, and it should, when it lands on your plate, you should be, oh man, that looks good. Can't wait to come in. When the person's walking by with another plate, you should go, man, I want to get that next time. So that absolutely is an important piece of it. So I'll jump right to number 12, and, and that is the, uh, Poor or perceived value, right? So, 19.99. Oh man, all right, let me take a chance, and then it lands on your plate, and you're like, "This? This was 20 bucks? What do you think?" <laughs> right? Yeah, it's kind of like that old Wendy's commercial. Where's the beef? You know? It's like it's absolutely true. And again, there's here's where that term sweet spot comes in, because obviously portion sizes determine food costs, and menu pricing determines profitability, and all these things kind of play in together. And I'm somewhat of an expert in that. But every single dish that comes out of the kitchen, again, has to have that wow factor. So if you're paying a good price for something, it not only has to look great, but it has to look as though you're providing value to the customer every dish, every time for the money they're paying. Critically important to getting repeat business. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing worse um, as a customer than not feeling you're getting what you pay for. People go out, they spend a lot of money, no doubt. Uh, they're willing to do it, but of course, everyone's was conscious of that that equation. Uh, the the value to perception is such an important equation, and so make sure you're in what Roger would call the sweet spot. I absolutely agree. And now this one, this one I hate, and I know my wife hates, and uh, and the kids hate too because they go, they have a, they have a favorite item in mind, and then oh, sorry, we're out of that. I know. What do you think? I've actually been to restaurants where I've had two or three choices that have actually been eighty six, oh. and you're like. Well, why don't you tell me what you do have? You know, it's like it's so frustrating, Jay. I mean, you just hit it on the head. It's like favorites. If you've got a favorite restaurant and you go there often and you just come to really enjoy a certain dish, you not only want it to be available, but you want it to be consistent. And, again, that's one of the biggest challenges in this business is effective ordering so that you've got just enough inventory that you're not running out of things but you also don't have a waste and spoilage problem because, let's face it, we're in a perishable business. So, yeah, there is a sweet spot there also on ordering to make sure that you have the items available, but you're moving the merchandise, you're not running out of anything, but you're not throwing anything away either. That is a big sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, it's funny because, uh, you know, this one in particular um, goes to systems. And like Rogers, the, the book we talked touched on gets all into the systems you've got to have to make sure your restaurant is operating right. So you should definitely find a way to check that out. And the Academy, too, that Roger does gets in all the nitty-gritty on this stuff. you you, you got to see that stuff because it's so important to, to hit every line item for the customer. And I know it's a business of a 1,000 details, and we're juggling, juggling, juggling. And this one in particular cannot get missed, number 14, sloppy and dirty bathrooms. Disgusting. What's going on? Well, it happens more often than you think. And this one is the most common sense one because it's talked about in the industry all the time as the bathrooms determine the overall quality of your experience. And a lot of times guests will go to the bathroom as soon as they're seated at a table before any of the food even arrives. So when you walk in, that is one of the most, that's as important to me as curb appeal, if not more important, because that is a comfort zone for the customer. They want to go to the restroom. They want it to be clean. You know, they definitely don't want to be, you know, in a compromising position where suddenly they look down and the paper is out or there's no soap, or they lean up against the, you know, women do this all the time. It's like they get up close to the mirror to apply their makeup, and suddenly the countertop is wet, and now their skirt or their blouse has a total wet spot across the front of it. It's like these are things that happen in restaurants every day. So having a checklist and having regular, you know, bathroom checkups, and we used to do this every 20 minutes. So we had a rotation, and the hostesses did this most of the time, but the busters did it as well, and we had a checklist that we would keep every single day on the back of the door. And the person that did it every 20 minutes would initial that they were actually in there, and they checked 10 different things to make sure that they were all in order for the customer. And, of course, when they're, when they're running into customers in the restrooms, they're greeting them, they're asking them how their experience is, they're thanking them for coming. It's all about the personal touch. But bathrooms are critically important, and having some sort of a bathroom system with a routine monitoring is critically important. It is, man. And and, and to your point, I think you said early on, earlier in your answer there, uh, more often than not, it happens. I, and I think that's true. I mean, I, I, I can echo that. And um, I think it's uh, – it could be another company, but I think Cintas, one of the providers in, in, the, in the restaurant space, mm-hmm. yes, every year does right. the best. Best bathroom competition. I mean, it's like where they best yeah. bathroom in America, and and this is what and it's that because it's that important. People think about it. And they make a big presentation about it, and and I think when they do that study every time I, I see it, it's something like the biggest complaint restaurant people have is the dirty bathrooms. So it is something people absolutely pay attention to, and I love the idea of a, of a twenty minute cycle checklist. So um, another thing that is um, this is a pet peeve for me for sure, and of course they've taken over our entire world and and everything in between. But cell phones, uh, but in particular. As it relates to this, the staff, uh, the staff on the cell phones. I don't really want to see my 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 server checking their Facebook in between uh, mm-hmm. service right. operations, and I don't want to see them smoking outside and all that stuff. Yeah. How do you how yeah. do you how do you set the rules as an operator? How do you how do you convey these things? Because because some of those things take over our habits. Yeah, they really do. I mean, we we well, I hate to say we banned cell phone usage, but we made it critically. Um, important that the entire staff understand that every impression with the guest counts and that seeing a, a, you know, a person on their cell phone is absolutely taboo or smoking. So we had a designated smoking area that was not visible from any vantage point in the restaurant. We actually told the servers that they were only allowed to smoke if they washed their hands and they used breath mints immediately following the cigarette, and they were only allowed to do it at designated break time. 
same with the cell phones. You know, if you've got an emergency, fine, but otherwise you've got to wait until your break before you can go check your feed or whatever or text somebody or make a call, all that kind of stuff. And I monitored this stuff, and everybody monitored this stuff. So the guests never saw that in our restaurants, and definitely it's something that you need to pay critical attention to. Yeah, man. So we're, we're coming up on number 16, and so we've already gone through a litany of, of pet peeves that, that I hope if you're an operator listening to this, you're, you're kind of taking notes. My staff is doing this. We're not doing that. Things you can take because these are things your customers are experiencing, and I promise you they, they're, they're, they're negative things that they're checking off in the mind as to whether or not to return to your business. And um, this number 16 is, is one of the things I hate the most at a restaurant. You get the bill. You check the bill and it's wrong and you feel like a, a dingbat for having to say, hey, this, this, this soda's extra, this $2, there's a beer on here that I didn't, that I didn't buy and, and you know, you feel, you feel, you, you, it's very awkward. What do you think, Raj? Well, it's easier than ever with modern point of sale systems to keep accurate track of what happens. But there's also an element of human error here. Let's just say, you know, you had some menu item that was a problem and the customer ordered it and then they didn't like it and you're supposed to take it off the bill but then you got you know in the weeds which you're not supposed to do we've, we've talked about that and you forget to remove it from the bill but a modern point of sale system will allow you to split checks or take things easily with a touch screen I mean you're touching a, on a beer here you can place it on another check over there all that kind of stuff so it's really really important when you've got a large table especially to ask the customer, is this all one check, or would you like to split your checks, and then the server right from the get-go can place all the items on the right check, depending on who in the party had what items. So that's critically important. But accuracy, speed is important in a restaurant, but you also have to slow down enough to make sure that your checks are accurate. And then finally, respecting the customer's time. It was always a great thing in our restaurant to train the servers to ask if the customers are in a hurry, are you off to a show or a movie or a performance, are you in a hurry, or is it not a big deal, and knowing that, you know, they wanted to catch a 7.30 movie and they're sitting there quarter to seven, all that kind of stuff is critically important, and being respectful of the time and presenting that guest check, don't keeping, you know, don't keep the guests waiting, the, the entire service team asks if the customers, uh, you know, are ready for dessert and then making those suggestions or knowing that they're in a hurry and they probably don't have time for dessert. All that is courtesy to the customer. Yeah, and it's one of the last touch points. You know, you you get the bill, you put the credit card in if you're doing credit card, and then it disappears mm -hmm. for for a while. Right. And, right. and that's when you're like you're you're you you're ready to go. Usually, when that happens, you're ready to go. And then that that in that kind of indeterminate five minutes, you're like, what the heck? Yeah, I gotta go. Right. Or especially if you have a movie or a show, or, or you gotta pick up the kids or something, you're like, man, you don't want to mess up that last little touch point. And uh, and speaking of the last touch points, number seventeen, absolutely, this is this is something that has to happen. Mm -hmm. So so um um the pet peeve here would be no one says thank you on on the way out. That that would be horrible. What do you think? Well, that could that could also be combined with no one at the host podium when you're walking out. Maybe you walked into this restaurant, there was nobody there at the podium to greet you, and then now you're finished with your meal, and again, there's nobody at the podium to say thank you. So we had another hard and fast rule where every single front of house staffer, if a customer crossed your path or if you were within eye contact of a customer, in your own words, you know, with your own personality, you sincerely thank the guests for coming and inviting them back to return. 
So you might walk through the restaurant. You might get thanked four or five times by different people on your way out the door. But again, it's a personal touch. It makes you feel special. Our rule was every customer is the most important customer. Even if your place is filled with 500 guests, every guest is the most important guest. Everybody gets thanked. And at least several different people touch the guests for the last time with that personal, you know, thank you so much for coming. Please come back again. We look forward to serving you again. Whatever you say, it's awesome. And you walk out of there feeling like, you know, you're the king of Prussia. It's just the way it is. Yeah, I love that, man. Every customer is the most important customer. And if your staff takes that approach, um, mm-hmm. you'll absolutely probably avoid most of these pet peeves. So we covered 17 things, uh, walking through the experience of, of, of going to a restaurant. You should absolutely take notes on your restaurant. Um, Roger, you're, 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 a lot of stuff is happening for you, man. You got a lot of stuff going. Uh, I touched on a couple of things, the book, the academy. Give quick, uh, give folks a, a quick overview of what, where they can find your stuff and, and, and what's, uh, what's shaking with it. Yeah, so the book came out about a year ago, and it's been a real strong seller. It's a complete financial crash course to your business. And I I recognize the fact that so many people in this business hate the numbers. You know, maybe you're a chef and you're a great culinarian, but maybe you're just not into the numbers, whatever it is. I mean, but the numbers are critically important. So the book sort of walks you through what these numbers are, where to find them, and then I provide fully automated turnkey spreadsheets to make your critical numbers, not only easy and simple to understand, but you can analyze this stuff in minutes per week and, and save money, make more money, maximize profits and efficiencies. That's what the book's all about. It's called Rock Your Restaurant. You can find that at rockyourrestaurantbook.com. Um, we touched on Sales Stars. You know, Sales Stars is really the flagship product, and it's what I created 23 years ago when I started my first restaurant. And I knew that service was a competitive advantage. It was going to mean the difference between making it or not making it. And I figured if I could give better service than the guy down the street, my customers are going to come back again and again and tell their friends. And that's exactly what happened. But it was not just about service. It's also about salesmanship, which we touched on earlier. So it really trains your staff to put their best experience forward to the customer and make all these suggestions that we know the customers will enjoy. So it's a complete front of house training system, not just for the wait staff, but again, the hosts and the bussers. And you can find that at restaurantsalestars.com. And then the Academy is just a total overview, all this stuff. It's a five-module program, not only on starting your first restaurant, but most importantly, maximizing profits in any restaurant. And it just gives you everything I've learned in 23 years about how to really rock and roll. You know, I dominated my competition for over 20 years. My restaurants had double the net profit of the average full-serve restaurant, and I teach you all my secrets, and it's really a secret weapon for your um, for any restaurant. And, again, you can find that at restaurantrockstarsacademy.com. So, yeah, that's kind of an overview. I also do consulting. I'm consulting with a new client in Dubai right now, and he's starting a new restaurant in Abu Dhabi. So that's kind of a learning curve for me, you know, consulting in a foreign country and going through all the crazy nuances of starting you know, one of the most challenging businesses anywhere, but try to do it in Abu Dhabi, and you got your work cut out for you. Yeah, yeah. Roger's a, a, a busy guy doing all that stuff, helping restaurants all over the world, literally. And uh, and his stuff is great. We've had uh, our customers and our members and our readers have have bought the book, bought the Sales Stars. 
um, and, and, and the Academy as well. And I highly recommend folks do that. We'll give you the links. We'll put the links up on the website. Check that stuff out for your business. Uh, as you listen to Roger, I hope you get the feeling that he's, that he's passionate about the business and can absolutely help you improve your operation as well because he's done that and, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel and, and you, can, you can plug right into the stuff. So, Roger, as always, I appreciate you sharing uh, your experience and knowledge with us so much. It's so much fun, James. Hey, let me also mention, um, you know, we give away a lot of really, really free information. You and I regularly collaborate because we're both so passionate about this business. We just love helping other operators succeed. It's not about selling you something. It's about giving you, sharing the knowledge of our experience and just helping a restaurant owner succeed. Um, I also have a podcast that's tons of fun for me. It's a combination of interviews with industry leaders or technology-driven products that I think will help run, you know, a more effective restaurant for you. You can find that at restaurantrockstars.com. Every week I release a new episode. You can get on my mailing list. You can subscribe on iTunes. And, again, just it could be a 10-minute podcast. It could be a 40-minute podcast, but it's all valuable information to help you run a better place and rock your restaurant. So, again, I always appreciate talking to you, James. Tons of fun, and uh, we just love helping other operators. Good. Yeah, the call ended up covering a lot, and I, so I, I thought it was great. I appreciate it. love Roger's stuff, as always. So I'm going to sign off. Everybody, this has been Jamie Oikel from RunningRestaurants.com, along with Roger Bodwin from Restaurant Rockstars. Thank you so much for listening, and all the best for your restaurant business. What a great episode. Thanks, Jamie, and thanks, listeners. The message for today, be relentless about training and relentless about the service you provide your customer. Continue to innovate, push the envelope of your brand, and take the burning passion you have for this business and your people to truly rock your restaurant. And I have a free gift to help you do just that. Go to my show notes, click the link, and as a special thanks, get my free gift. I wish you the best of success. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.